go ahead and tag somebody, let them know that we're live and that they can enjoy uh, this teaching this morning. Uh, if you have prayer requests or praise reports, just comment there on the live. We've got people watching from India and uh, Pakistan, uh, Oklahoma, and all over West Virginia. Many people are snowed in this morning. Know that you uh, are loved and we missed you. Several texted us and told us. So he did say children's church and youth every Sunday morning, but this morning we don't have teachers because they got snowed in. And uh, So a lot of streets are clear, but subdivisions and driveways are still uh, snow covered for a lot of people. So we're glad you are watching from home, and we pray to see you next week because it will be warmer this week. Could I get any amens? And thank you, Jesus, and we claim that. Matthew's booing. He wants to keep sleigh riding. Uh, we um, have been talking about open ears, open eyes. This morning we're going to talk about open hearts. But I want you to say something with me this morning as we begin. If you would just repeat after me. Eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to conceive, and a mouth to confess. All the good things Jesus has provided for me. He's already provided those for you. They're yours. You don't have to do anything for them because they're gifts. If you tried to do anything to earn them, then it would be a wage. We don't earn a wage in the kingdom of God. We're sons and daughters, and our Father gives us gifts. That's an amazing aspect of the kingdom of God that I don't believe is preached enough. Because if you could obtain salvation on your own, you don't need a Savior. But he gave us that gift. He keeps on giving us gifts. I like John, the first chapter where he says that he gives us grace upon grace. And when you look that up in the Greek, it says, blessing heaped upon blessing, gift after gift. So you don't come to Christ through earning it. You don't maintain your salvation by earning it, but there are responsibilities as sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. Oh, didn't get too many, many amens on the responsibility part. We don't preach that you can live any old way you want to. Okay? You can, but there are consequences to it. And we shouldn't, as sons and daughters, there are some things that we ought to do as Paul taught in the scripture. Uh, our series on open is what God has led us to begin this new year 2024 with and we are looking at how we can discover the kingdom benefits of opening our ears and our eyes and our hearts to God and I believe that will culminate with having open ears to hear what the voice, is, uh, the voice of the Spirit is saying to us and open eyes to see into the spirit realm, and now this morning we're really going to talk about one of my favorite subjects that I've been learning over the past couple of years and really over the last year that has opened my eyes to so many things in the spirit realm. Um, these will all lead to open doors, which are nothing more than opportunities that we have to express we are the expression of God. We are his representation in the earth but are we representing the good news that he wants to share? I believe there are going to be many doors of opportunity open 
up to us because we have open eyes, open ears, and open hearts. Are you ready? So this teaching this morning isn't about your physical heart. I'm not going to talk about that organ in your body that pumps blood. That's not what this is about. I'm going to talk to you about your other heart. It's the one that philosophers and poets and a lot of preachers talk about all of the time. It's the invisible one. The heart I'm talking about is the wonderful, sometimes confusing part of us, that, but it enables us to love, it enables us to laugh, sometimes brings fear, but it is how we experience life. The world is full of doubts. You, last week we talked about all the voices clamoring for your attention, trying to compete to get your attention, that become distractions against that one voice that we should be listening to. But the world is full of outside influences that have the ability to disrupt the rhythm of our heart. Now again, I know our physical heart has a rhythm. I know it stays in beat and in sync. But I'm talking about this invisible heart. And if you'll stay with me, you'll understand what the heart really is by the time this uh, teaching is over. But turn with me to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verse 23. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Solomon gives us a lot of points of wisdom that if we could adhere to it in our understanding, get understanding. And wisdom is that principal thing that we should have. And he says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. One translation says it determines the course of your life, not your physical heart understand what that does for us physically, but I'm talking about this invisible heart that we should guard because out of it is going to spring forth the course and the direction of our life. If we're really honest, we probably would say that our heart is out of sync or rhythm in one way or another. If that's the physical heart, be healed in Jesus' name. Arrhythmia, anything that's caused the heart. We believe that it can be healed. It is whole and well in Jesus' name right now. That touched my heart right there that it's really someone's physical heart needs prayer. So we claim that and believe it in Jesus' name right now. Maybe it's somebody watching and you needed that. That strengthens you this morning. But probably because of voices that have been distracting, eyes, our eyes have caught attentions of other things, and a lot of times, I'm not even talking about bad things, evil things. There are good things that are, there's nothing wrong with them. But if that has our attention, remember the question last week? Does Christ have your full attention? Does he have my full attention? So when our hearts get out of rhythm, uh, out of that rhythm that it was created to have, I believe that that rhythm is called grace. Uh, Matthew's gospel talks about the unforced rhythms of grace so that our heart flows in a natural sync with the way God created and designed us to be. Because, look, we are seamlessly one with him. I, it just, in my heart yesterday, in my, my mind, it just re reminded me when I was doing that wedding and I used that phrase, the mystical union that exists between Christ and the church. You know why we use the word mystical? There are mystics 
that really taught this in the beginning, but we use mystical now because we don't understand that and we can't explain it. So we throw a word in there to describe something that we don't understand when really it's, e it's simple, but it's not easy. When we get in tune with that, that synced up rhythm of our heart with grace, the grace of God, because if we're not, then it throws everything else out of whack. How I deal with my spouse, how I deal with my children, how I deal with people at work, because my heart's out of rhythm, then life gets out of whack. Now here, we're going to get into this, and I, I love it. It's your imagination can be defined as the power of forming mental images of what has never actually been experienced yet. Doesn't mean that it's not true. It's true whether you believe it or not. Just you believing it doesn't make it true. But all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Maybe you just haven't experienced it yet, and you need to begin to experience it in your heart. Let me say it this way. You need to begin to imagine it. Get that mental picture. That's what your imagination is. And I believe that the heart is your imagination. Imagination, your mind. The root word for imagination is image. Images come from words. Let me give you an example. If I say apple right now, can you picture an apple? Some of you might have pictured a red one. Some may have pictured a green one. But you probably did not picture A-P-P-L-E in your head. You didn't see that the word spelled out. You saw the picture, correct? Now let me get more descriptive. A red, juicy, delicious apple. That's a different picture than just an apple. Now he said, my mouth is so I'm, I'm hungry for a red, juicy apple. These images can have their origin either in the flesh or in the spirit, the temporary or the eternal, the seen or the unseen, the realm of the senses or the realm of faith. Where, In your imagination, where's the origin of that coming from? When I say certain words, when ministers say certain words, when you read a book and you see words, you get pictures. Where are the origin of those pictures? When I think about this reality, a couple of scriptures come to my mind, and I want to share them with you. First, Proverbs 18, verse 21, if we can get that on the screen, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Have you ever heard that before? One translation says, the power of death and life are in the tongue. When I say words to you that create images to you, if there's been a past hurt or a past trauma, the pictures of that past hurt or past trauma enter the imagination, and based upon the origin of that thought, that imagination, whether it be evil or good, whether it be temporal or eternal, then we make decisions based upon that, and our heart, our mind, will get out of sync with the grace of God. Is this making sense? Are you tracking with me? I'm just trying to teach you. Let's go to Luke, the 6th chapter, verse 45. Back up. So I should be speaking words of grace to keep your heart in sync so that when you walk away from me, you're in sync 
with the plan of God that he's designed for you and I don't put your heart out of rhythm because the words that I speak bring life or death. Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the imagination, out of the abundance of your imagination, you're going to speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What images are you magnifying? Just think about it for a second. What are you making a big deal out of right now? Because whatever you're making a big deal out of will always be in the forefront of your mind. It will affect your decisions. It will affect your speech. It will affect your quality of life. I'm convinced at 54, my quality of life is better than it was when I was 44. Why? Because I think differently now. I enjoy life so much more than I did 20 years ago. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have aches and pains now at 54 that I didn't have at 34. Or if I, you know, pull a muscle, it doesn't take a few extra days to recover from that. But I'm enjoying life. Why? I think differently. What I make a big deal out of now are not the things that I made a big deal out of 10 years ago. And when I'm magnified, when I have this image in my heart, man, I would think of things and everything was worst case scenario. Now it's best case scenario. What's God want? What's the best that he wants for me? The only, the only trouble I have is because of the decisions that I've made, not what God's brought, brought me to. He doesn't bring you to things. He doesn't push his children out in front of an oncoming semi to teach them to walk across the street before they walk. That's not a good father. But that's the father that has been pictured in most people's imaginations because of the words that they've heard. Do I make sense? Sadly, a lot of Christians are rejecting the idea of imagination because they nearly always regularly relegate this to something childish. Well, only kids dream things, you know. Only young people dream things and can get that. It's not childish, it's childlike. There's a difference. Back in March of last year, mature audiences only, we talked about the difference between childish and childlike. We... Jesus said we enter into the kingdom by being what? Childlike. We have a lot of childish Christians, but we need to change our imagination, guard our hearts, out of what we imagine and think is what our mouth will speak. I can spend 15 minutes with you, and I can tell you what you're thinking about and what you're magnifying, what you're making a big deal out of. But your imagination is your ability to see with your heart what you can't see with your eyes. If I approach Chris, I see Chris with my eyes. But if I will allow my imagination and my, the ability of my heart to see beyond what I'm seeing with my eyes, to see into the spirit realm and know him after the spirit, know his potential and purpose, the plan that God has for him, then I speak out of that picture and I will encourage him. And what are we to do here? It says to encourage one another and to build one another up. But if I'm making a big deal out of this issue in my life, when I come to Jen, I'm not going to see that potential in her because of my big issue. And so then that comes out of my mouth and it discourages her. And I've spoke death over her life. 
with not with it bypasses the brain a lot of times because of what we're making such a big deal out of. I believe that we can reach the point where what we see with our heart that's inspired by Papa and it is quickened by the Holy Spirit that will become more real to us than what we're seeing in the natural. I believe it. I believe that we can get to a point when we practice this long enough and we use our imaginations and we speak out of what... See, God will give you pictures. Let me give you... This is really funny, but this is a true story. Years ago, I was praying for an individual, and I pray for people with my eyes open because I don't want to get attacked. <laughs> but when I was praying for her, boom, just like a cartoon picture right here, Garfield. Garfield the cat. Anybody remember Garfield the cat? And I tried to just block it out. I don't know why I got Garfield up here, but boom, the Holy Spirit would put it right back up there. So I just finally said to the individual, who is Garfield? What does Garfield? She broke. Garfield was her husband. How would I have known her husband's name was Garfield? The Holy Spirit did, and he gave me a picture. So then we began to pray for Garfield, and the Holy Spirit just took care of that situation, encouraged her, lifted her. I can't explain that. I just know that in my imagination, he gave me Garfield. That's how he wants to use your imagination. Hmm. couple things today that I believe Scripture reveals about our imagination. These can be instrumental to us opening up our hearts. Number one, imagination comes before manifestation. Lisa spoke this out a few weeks ago, and I've repeated it, gone over it in her mind, because your imagination is powerful. But it, your imagination is your spiritual womb. Just as a woman cannot give birth, notice I said a woman, designed and created by God, to have the ability within her body to carry a child, she can't give birth to that without first conceiving. And so when there's conception, that's when a seed is placed. And when the seed is deposited and conception takes place, then manifestation follows. Conception takes place when that seed is deposited. Let's look at 1 Peter 1.23 together as we can see the example of this from Peter. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed. See, if there's been a seed that you received and was deposited in you to be born again that is perishable, you can lose it. See, because it perishes. But Peter says here, it is not a perishable seed. Matter of fact, it is an imperishable seed through the living and enduring Word of God. Now, I believe that the Scripture is the written Word of God, but I believe here that the seed that was deposited in you that is imperishable is not words written on a page. It should be the capital W-O-R-D, the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, who has now ascended to the Father for our advantage so that we could have his spirit deposited in us. And he makes his home in us. That's an imperishable seed that you cannot lose. Simply said, that is the security of the believer. Okay. I 
Now, what's going on now, you can use your amount. If you are not experiencing the abundant life that Jesus died for, then you may be uh, not using your imagination properly. Saved, yes. I didn't say you weren't going to heaven, but I'm talking about the abundant life here and now where you can enjoy life because you're making a big deal or you're magnifying something that is called becoming a disruption to the rhythm of grace that God wants in your life. I hope this is making sense to you. We, we must stop allowing our spiritual wounds to be barren. I'm, I'm here this morning to encourage and to wake up your imagination. I'm going to give you at the, a scripture at the end of this message from the Song of Solomon that just blew me away this morning. It's an, it's an incredible scripture. Open your heart to conceive. Matthew 6, uh, Matthew says, Seek ye first the kingdom, and I want to say it this way in my words, and then all of these other things will manifest. All these things will be added to you. But the conception, the seed, the imagination is seeking the, the kingdom first. So getting my heart in rhythm with grace, the grace of God, some, and that, that does come from reading the scriptures that, because that's a mirror reflecting of who Christ was so we can see ourselves in Christ. And so then as I seek him first in that, I've made too big a deal out of these other things that I wanted added when actually out of flow they will manifest on their own as I conceive in my imagination what the scripture is saying about who I am. So where is the kingdom? Everybody go like this. The kingdom is in me. Then I'm seeking. I don't want you to get too upset with me about that, but stop seeking for the kingdom out there. The kingdom is here. Jesus said to the disciples, the kingdom is near you, but it shall be in you. So as you seek for the kingdom of God, you're a believer. The blood has been applied. And so Christ dwells in you through his spirit. And so I look for the spirit of God to speak to my spiritual ears, to help me see with my spiritual eyes as I open up my spiritual heart to conceive. And then he'll give me pictures all those other things will manifest on their own. So why, that's the birds of the, the field do not worry about where they're going to get shelter or how they're going to get clothing. Why? Because they trust God. They believe God. That's what we should be doing. The Hebrew word here is yetzer. And it's translated imagination or imaginations, and it's used a number of times in the Old Testament. The word yetzer in Hebrew means a form or a conception. When we go to Disney, what ride do we come out of? And they have those conception cars, test track. And they have a, when you're walking through the line, and they always have a conception car. It's not been released. It may never be released, but it's a conception. Where did that conception come from? An imagination. So, Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds 
that word minds there is Yetzer, whose imaginations are steadfast on you. When I don't make a big deal of all these other things and I magnify him and my imagination is about him, my heart is in sync and I'm in perfect peace. That's how that works. The Hebrew word translated mind here is the word yetzer. When we keep our mind specifically, our imagination focused on Papa, seeing yourself winning, keep seeing the promises of God manifesting, keep thinking about what God's promised instead of what you see, hear, and feel in the natural realm, then we experience peace. We won't be anxious, we won't worry, and here's the big key, we won't have unbelief. Unbelief is the crippler of the imagination. And we simply won't use our imagination because of unbelief. Number two, we must develop a new picture on the inside. Imagination, images and pictures, we have to get a new picture on the inside. An unrenewed mind, or let me say it this way, an unredirected imagination gravitates towards negativity. Whether or not you realize it, all wickedness, all sin, all neg negativity is conceived in the imagination. I've always heard it's a thought before it becomes an action. Or it's, it's in, did I say that right? It's a thought before it becomes an action. So in our imagination, we think it before we act it out. And so we've got to get a new picture. I'm, I believe, I'm a firm believer that Ezekiel 36, 26, where God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh, a palatable heart, a believing heart, that that is the finished work of the cross. That's what Jesus did at the cross. That's what he provided for us. He took out that old stony heart and he put us a heart of flesh in us. And we, because of that, we are brand new creations in Christ Jesus. And whether you realize it or not, you have a new heart, but you may not have a new perspective. So that perspective has to change because perspective affects every aspect of your life. Your mood, your relationships, your decisions, everything that's happening is the perspective that you have from that imagination or that thought that you have. Now under the new covenant, we have received this new heart. And although God has given this new heart, our perspective needs to change. We must open up our hearts to his perspective. How does Father see this situation? Not what am I making a big deal out of, but what is his perspective on this situation so that we can speak life into that. Unrenewed minds disrupt the rhythm of the heart to beat with the perspective of grace. We are transformed, Romans 12, 2 says, by the renewing of our minds or by the redirecting of our imagination. Um, Shane and I were talking, well, he was talking to the whole group a couple Wednesday nights ago about, and Leslie agreed, when he is renewing his mind by the washing of the word so that he's got a good imagination through the day, he's not as grumpy. She said, amen. It does. So what I'm trying to redirect you to think here is that it's not something that 
if you're not in the scriptures every day that God doesn't love you and that you're trying to earn something from God by doing that. But by being in the scriptures, he's planting seeds in your heart that are unperishable seeds that affect that we conceive in our spiritual womb and then we will walk out of those imaginations and life, that, that abundance, that fullness becomes an operation uh, to us and for us. It's very important that we open up our hearts, developing a godly, positive perspective. That's a huge part of our mind renewal. Jennifer, if you'll come. It takes time and consistency for this to be effective in your life. This doesn't come automatically tomorrow when you start imagining something different. And there's nothing wrong with imagining finances coming into your life. There's nothing wrong with imagining heal, your body being whole, will, and healed. Imagining those relationships and situations changing. But make, don't make a big deal out of those. Imagine, get in sync with, open up your heart to the perspective and the heartbeat of God. One of the unforced rhythms of grace in your life. There were 10 spies, or 12 spies actually, that were sent into the land that God promised to the children of Israel that it was theirs. Flowed with milk and honey, full of abundance. He said, go up for you are well able to take it. I will give you the victory. But 10 spies came back with a different picture. They allowed their imaginations to magnify problems and to magnify people and what people were saying. That affected the whole nation of Israel because they took the words that came out of the ten spies' mouths and they imagined that it was going to be difficult nigh unto impossible so they were defeated before they ever took the first step towards what God had promised them. Jesus has provided everything that we need. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is yours, child of God. We are partakers of the divine nature of God. These are the things that are true about you. These are the things that are already yours. But perspective and imagination will keep you from walking in them. We must develop a new picture on the inside picture that I want us to learn to develop is what the two spies came back with. We are what They mixed their faith with what God had already said was true and they said yes we are well able to take it. It's ours. Isn't it amazing that a whole nation would believe the bad news before they would believe the good report. And unfortunately throughout my lifetime that's what I've seen take place in the church people give more attention and give an ear to the negative and to the bad report and not, it's just preaching simple good news I've been called a heretic when I was telling people they were going to hell and their tires were going to go flat and their bumpers were going to fall off and their kids were not going to be blessed because they weren't giving a certain portion of money nobody called me a heretic and that's okay it just means I have a strong opinion that's what a heretic means and I don't listen to those rumors anymore because I'm enjoying life I, I want you to enjoy life that's why week in and week out we stand up here and we try to remove all the fear and speak good news to you 
I know life's full of problems and battles and circumstances and situations, but the voice of your beloved is the one who stands at the door and knocks. Revelation 3.20. This is the mirror translation. Listen carefully. It says, You have shut me out in your self-righteousness. When I heard that, when I looked at that, I finally understood the picture that I've always seen of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. It's not on a sinner's heart. This is a letter to the churches, specifically to churches of Asia Minor, but applicable to us today because of our self-righteousness, we have shut him out. But he stands at the door and he's knocking. It says, Behold, here I stand knocking at the door. If anyone recognizes my voice and lets me in, I am so ready to join you in a feast. That's his heart. He wants to sit down and dine with you and you with him. See, it's not this pounding at the door because you're rotten and you're nasty and you're filthy and you need to give your heart to Jesus. Nowhere in the scriptures does it say to ask Jesus into your heart. I'm, I'm not being mean. I'm just It's not in the scripture for us to tell little children to ask Jesus into their heart. Jesus' call was come and follow me. He never told any of those guys, ask me into your heart when I die. I'll come. I understand the principle. I'm not saying it's wrong, but just hear me. He's standing at the door of hearts of his children who through self-righteous acts have tried to invite him in but it's really closed the door to him and he's saying open up your heart you don't have to work and labor and toil by the sweat of your brow that was old covenant theology that was old covenant mindsets all of the new covenant is I will I will I will put you a new heart within you I will make you my children I will all about what he has done for us through Jesus but our, our pictures in our minds have caused us to think that we've got to sweat and labor and bruise our knuckles and get hoarse in our voice because we're screaming at God no, he's standing at the door and knocking and saying let me do this I loved what Lisa said about her dream last week that guy she's going to pressure wash the house and he says he comes around I'm going to do it for you and she says well I'll do this little part God will let you do it if you want to. Knock yourself out. But he was telling her in that dream, I'll do it all. Just, just let me have it. I'll take care of it. I'll do it. I stand at the door and I knock. But you shut me out because of your self-righteousness. Let me do it for you. Man, that takes a load off, doesn't it? I want you to listen. To, and you can stand if you'd like. But this is really what just lit me up this morning. Song of Solomon. Chapter 5, listen to this. This is Jesus, I believe, speaking to the bride. We are the bride. And it's the bride speaking back to the king. After this, I let my devotion slumber, but my heart for him stayed awake. I had a dream. I dreamed of my beloved. He was coming to me in the darkness of my night. The melody of the man I love awakened me. I heard his knock at my heart's door as he said to me, Arise, my love. Open your heart, my darling. Open it deeper still to me. 
That's the Jesus that I want. That's the Father that speaks to my heart. He's not condemning me. He's not beating me up. He's simply standing at the door and knocking. And that melody, His voice, it it makes my heart awaken. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing that. And she says, my beloved reached into me to unlock my heart. The core of my very being trembled at his touch. How my soul melted when he spoke to me. Man, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. He's knocking at your heart's door and saying, you don't have to. You're shutting me out by all of your works. Just let me feast with you. When we get that in our hearts, when we get that imagination and that picture, man, you'll enjoy life. That's what I want for you. That's what I desire for God's children to have. Walking in sync with the heartbeat of God, the unforced rhythms of grace. Will you open up your heart today? Let's stand.